Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. In Acts chapter 6, amen. Uh, Hebrews, I'm sorry, chapter 6. One of the principles, uh, you may be seated. Now, there is the doctrine. There's the doctrine. There's the doctrine. But then there is the principle of the doctrine, which means there is the, the whole principle of the whole concept. When you hear uh, the principle, there's principles to education. There's principles. Education has principles that are very important, and they are more important than other things. For example, the whole concept of reading is surrounded by the alphabets and sounds. That's the principles. If you don't have no alphabets and you don't have no sounds, you don't have no language. So the principle of it is that. Numbers, the whole principle of numbers, one, two, and three. There are only ten numbers, only ten, that make up the whole numeral system. That's all you need, ten. And out of those ten numbers, you can get every number you want. Every number you want, you get that through ten. So those are the principle. Now, a lot of us, I've been talking this week about the faith because most apostolics are not apostolic. They're not apostolic because they only know one God, water baptism in Jesus' name, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. And there are 17 uh, articles of faith in the church. And then you have Bible doctrine, 10 Bible doctrines. Most of them are not aware of those and don't even know what they are. And without with one missing... You miss the whole concept of the Bible. For example, uh, you deal with the fall of man. If you deal with the fall of man. Now, the fact of, if there is no doctrine regarding the fall of man, then there will be no need of the redemption of man. And why would Jesus come? So if you don't believe that man is a sinner, you definitely won't believe that God is a savior. Because who did he come to save? It, it wouldn't be nobody to save if you didn't believe in the fall of man. Amen. So we have uh, the apostolic doctrine. We have, hallelujah, the Godhead. We have creation. Amen. We have the fall of man, regeneration, salvation. Amen. You don't believe in salvation unless you believe you're lost. God, how can we believe that God is a savior if you don't believe that you're lost? So how do you believe you're lost? By the fall of man, justification, sanctification, separation, participation. Operation, administration. I'm going to be talking about operation and administration today. And then confirmation, condemnation, damnation, preparation, and then holiness. Without these basic uh, concepts, then you would not really have a full uh, view of what the apostolic doctrine is. And we get water baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues, and we get that salvation part. But the other part we miss. And you see, uh, if you miss that, then you have the whole concept of doctrine mixed up. Amen. Amen. But in that doctrine, there are principles that are the key elements of the whole system of belief. That is in Hebrews chapter 6 and 1. And these are so important that if you leave one of these out and you once believed them, and no longer continue in believing them. The Bible says that you void 
your place of being saved and can never be saved again. In Hebrews chapter 6, if you leave these particular principles, Hebrews 6 and 1, look at Hebrews the 6th chapter in the first verse, all right? Therefore, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, uh-huh. not laying again the foundation of repentance. All right. Repentance uh-huh. from dead works. So the first thing that you have to know, repentance is a part of the principle. Uh-huh. And a faith toward God. Faith towards God. That's a, that's a concept that you have to have. One of the principles. Uh-huh. Of the doctrine of baptisms. And then the doctrine of baptisms. Not the doctrine of baptism, but the doctrine of baptisms. Now we're familiar with baptism, but many of us are not familiar with the doctrine of baptisms. And the Bible said there's one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. So how do we get that word baptisms? The doctrine of baptism. What are we dealing with when he says baptisms? Because a lot of people are confused. You see... You had the baptism, Mosaic baptism in the Bible. There are three baptisms mentioned in the Bible. The baptism of Moses, the baptism of John, and the baptism of Jesus. And then you have to understand there's one Lord and one faith, one baptism. And your bat, the baptism of uh, Moses was to take them out of Egypt into the promised land. The baptism of John was to bring them from the law to Jesus. And then the baptism uh, in Jesus name is to bring us to the Holy Ghost which brings us into the kingdom now your water baptism is not complete when you get water baptized your water baptism is complete when you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost you see water baptism hallelujah is conception the Holy Ghost is birthed But all of it is connected together. So you're, you're, you're conceived. So many of you all say, well, I, 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 when God going to fill me with the Holy Ghost? When, when am I going to get it? When am I going to get it? Well, the first thing you got to know, it, when you get baptized, it has conceived. Right. You're like a woman that is pregnant. See, you are right now, uh, the church is pregnant with you. Every one of you that's been baptized is pregnant. And we don't know when you're going to be delivered. And just like a woman that's pregnant, it's a birth. It's a birth. It's a birth. And so you keep on kicking, you keep on growing, you keep on, and after a while, you're going to bust through. So don't you get discouraged because you ain't been born. You're still in the womb. You're still in the womb. So you're there. And so folk get discouraged. But if I know that I have got, if, as, as long as a woman is pregnant, she's going to have it. As long as she's in there, in that womb, she's going to have. So I have no doubt about whether you're going to get filled with the Holy Ghost or not. You've been baptized in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. You, 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 the, the, I, you might have a birth right here this morning. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let it happen. The kingdom of God comes without observation. But that's one of the principles. Read else. What else? And of laying on of hands. And then of laying on of hands. Uh-huh. And of resurrection of the dead. The laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead. And of eternal judgment. So you got the land on the hands, resurrection of the dead, eternal judgment. Uh-huh. And this will we do. Uh-huh. If so, God. so all of these things that I want to deal with, what I want to deal with today is the land on of hands. Because that is the doctrine of the church. 
Laying on of hands is not just something that we do for healing. It's not something that just we do to do, but that is a part of the church that falls on the operation and administration. Laying on of hands, uh-huh. If God permit. If God permit. For it is impossible. Now, now listen. It is impossible. Listen at this good. It is impossible. For those who were once enlightened. For those who was once enlightened. And have tasted of the heavenly gift. And have tasted of the heavenly gift. And were made partakers. And were made partakers. Of the Holy Ghost. Of the Holy Ghost. And have tasted the good word of and God. And have tasted the good word of God. And the powers of the world to come. Of the powers of the world to come. If they shall fall away. If they shall fall away. To renew them again unto repentance. Uh-huh. Seeing they If crucified. you leave these principles, the Bible says it's impossible for you to come back. Now, there's a difference between a backslider and someone who's an apostate. A backslider goes back. Maybe they're not living by the word of God. They have gone back. But an apostate goes back and now say this faith is no good. That says apostolic is wrong and apostolic is not right. And you don't have to be baptized in Jesus' name. And you don't have to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, if you receive the Holy Ghost, they have to have received the Holy Ghost. But if you've ever received the Holy Ghost... And then you come back and say that it is not real. God said it's impossible to bring you back. Wow. Why? Because you have experienced it yourself. How can, how can somebody get in my mouth and speak me, let me speak in tongue. I'm not in control of it and he takes charge of me. And then I deny that that even exists. God said that person can't be renewed to repentance. I want to focus on the laying on of hands. Because there is an aspect of God that many of us are not familiar with. Give me Matthew chapter 10 and 1. Not only does God give the Holy Ghost, but when God brings offices, there are certain offices that are attached with power. There is a difference between the gift, the power, sounds, signs, and wonders. There's power that comes to certain offices. And that power is distributed through the church. Give me Acts, the 10th chapter and the first verse. Read. Acts 10 and 1. Yes. I, I'm sorry, uh, Matthew 10 and 1. Matthew 10 and 1. And when he had called unto him uh-huh. his 12 disciples. Yes. He gave them power against unclean spirits. He called them, gave them power against unclean spirits. To cast them out. To cast them out. And to heal all manner of sickness. Now, wait, wait. He gave them power to cast out devils and heal all manner of sickness. Now, he gave them power in Matthew chapter 10. But the Holy Ghost hadn't yet been given. Go to Acts chapter 1 and 8. Now, he didn't give them power to this. Power in Acts chapter 10. And then go Acts 1 and 8. But ye shall receive power Uh after that the Holy Ghost. Evidently, it must be two type of powers. Because in Matthew chapter 10, they received the power that was associated with their ministry. But in Acts chapter 8, they received another power that was associated, hallelujah, with the Holy Ghost. And so before the Holy Ghost, he gave them a power that's attached to that gift. And, you know, the disciples attached to that ministry. The disciples was healing people and casting out devils before they got the Holy Ghost. Because that was associated with the call or with the office that God gave them. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. Uh, Read some more. Uh Uh-huh. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Uh Uh-huh. And ye shall be witnesses. In the fifth verse. 
of, of Acts, of Matthew 10 and 5. Matthew 10 and 5. Look what it says. Amen. These 12 Jesus sent forth uh -huh. and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, uh -huh. and into any city of the Samaritans enter ye not. Uh -huh. But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Yes. And as ye preach, as ye go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Uh -huh. Heal the sick. Uh -huh. Cleanse the lepers. Now this is before the baptism of the Holy Ghost was given. Now I want you to get this. Go with me quickly to the book of Acts 10 and 38. There are then two anointings. That God gives. There are two anointings. There's an anointing for salvation. That is the Holy Ghost. But there's an anointing for ministry. There's an anointing for ministry. There's an anointing that comes with an office. Alright. Acts 10 and 38. How God anointed Jesus. How God anointed Jesus. Of Nazareth. Of Nazareth. With the Holy Ghost. With the Holy Ghost. With the Holy Ghost. Uh-huh. And with power. And with power. Two different anointings. He was anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power. And many of us have the Holy Ghost. And many of us are filled with the Holy Ghost. But there are many people who have not experienced the power for the ministry that you have. And sometimes you can know your call and accept your call and accept your ministry, but have never embarked upon the power that come with it. Now you got a lot of people who know prophetically that they're called and chosen to be pastors evangelism, whatever the gift is, but the power has never activated in your life. And so your title doesn't match your gift. Your title doesn't match uh, the power in your life. So you got the title, but you don't have the power that goes with it because it has never been activated. But I want God to do something for me today. My God. Somebody put your hand together and give God praises and say hallelujah. Give me Acts 4 and 18. Acts 4 and 18. And they called them and commanded them not to speak. I'm sorry, Ephesians 4. I'm sorry, Ephesians 4 and 11. 4 and, 4 and 8. Go to 4 and 8. Ephesians 4 and 8. Get that quickly. Uh -huh. Wherefore he said, uh -huh. when he ascended up on high, yes. he led captivity captive uh -huh. and gave gifts unto men. Now write this down. He gave gifts unto men. So now he has given power and he has given gifts. Now, there are gifts that are associated with the offices. These are gifts that he gave for offices. And then you got gifts that he gave to the church. These gifts that come with the offices, he got five particular offices that he gave gifts to to operate and function. These are the offices in the church. Uh huh. Now that he ascended, what is it? But that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth. Uh -huh. He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might feel all things. And he gave some apostles. He gave some apostles. And some prophets. Some prophets. And some evangelists. Uh -huh. And some pastors and teachers. Uh -huh. For the perfecting of the saints. Uh -huh. For the work of the ministry. Now these are different type of gifts. Because this gift he's given them for the perfecting of the saints. For the work of the ministry. Uh-huh. For the edifying of the body of Christ. For the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come in the unity of the faith. Uh-huh. And of the There's knowledge. a particular gift for those five offices. But then there are also gifts for the church. Now these offices are given, these gifts are given particularly for the saints and to govern the church. The fivefold ministry, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastors, and teachers. Now, in fact, you can be a teacher but not have that fivefold gift teaching. You see, you go to Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2. 
So you can be a teacher, but not under the fivefold. Titus, the second chapter. All right? Titus 2 and 1. Now, but, because you're a Sunday school teacher, don't mean you're in the fivefold ministry. That's a different kind of teacher. And you, because you teach women, don't mean that you're in the fivefold ministry. So that when they say in teachers, he's not talking about that. That's a different type of teacher that has a different type of gift. <clears throat> Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. And that gift is associated particularly with that office. Look at that. All right, read it. But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine, uh -huh. that the aged men be sober, uh -huh. grave, temperate, sound in faith, uh -huh. in charity, in patience. The aged women, likewise, that they be in good behavior uh -huh. as becometh holiness, uh -huh. not false accusers, uh -huh. not given to much wine. Yes. Teachers of good things. Teachers of good things. That they may teach But now young... that's not a five-fold ministry teacher. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, that's not that type of teacher. That's a different type of teacher. The five-fold ministry teacher is a, a teacher that there's a gift associated only with that five-fold. And then in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12... Uh, that's associated with an office, but then you got gifts in the church. Okay. And these gifts are not limited to men or women. The gifts of the spirit, are uh, women and men have access to these gifts. Y'all with me? Women and men have access to these gifts because these gifts don't carry authority over the church, but they provide information to the church spiritually. Through the Spirit. Go to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and 1. Uh-huh. 12 and 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts. These are spiritual gifts. And God wished these to be functioning in the church. Read. Brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Uh -huh. Ye know that ye were Gentiles. Yes. Carried away unto these dumb idols. Uh -huh. Even as you were led. Yes. Wherefore I give you to understand. That no man speaketh by the Spirit of God, calleth Jesus accursed. Uh -huh. And that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. Uh -huh. Now, there are diversities of gifts. Now, this is what I want you to get. These three particular places, there are diversities of gifts. This is what God got in the church, gifts. Uh -huh. But the same Spirit. Yes. And there are differences of administrations. Administrations, you got gifts, one, administration, so this whole church is divided into three things. Either you're working in a gift, an administration, uh -huh. but the same Lord. Uh -huh. And there are diversities of operations. And operations. Write that down. Gifts, administrations, and operations, which are three different things that function in the church. My God, somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Lift your hands and say hallelujah. hallelujah. Now, sometimes, because people don't know the difference between the gift of the administration, they can have a gift and use it wrong because they don't understand administration. See, you can have a gift in prophesying, but if the administration tells you to shut up, sit down. Because the administration is over the gift. The administration tells you how the gift functions. So you might have the gift, but the administration is the one that tells you how to operate in that gift. That's why the Bible says the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. And because people don't understand administration and they only start gift, you got a lot of gifted out of order people. Because not only should you understand your gift, but you should understand the operation of your gift 
And that's why I praise the Lord. When you have a gift, it's important for you to understand how to structure that gift. Because you can have a gift and be perfectly fine and want to get up and prophesy in the middle of the message while your pastor speaking. See, you got gift, but you don't understand administration. Because administration would tell you that what he is saying is a more sure word of prophecy. Uh, in fact, prophecies have different levels of prophecy. Hallelujah. Y'all with me? Now, some of y'all stand up and you act like it's burning so hard and you got to say it. And if you don't say it, you know, something going to happen to you. You're scared you're going to be like Jonah. Don't worry. You won't. My God. If I tell you to sit down, sit down. Pastor tell you to sit down, sit down. You, 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 many of you don't believe that. So you believe you have, there's an out-of-order church today that they get under the spirit. And I, I believe in getting under the spirit. But because you look spooky don't mean I'm going to stop my message. There's a difference between being under the spirit and looking spooky. Y'all ain't saying much. You know, sometimes people look like they feel like if they just look a little different, you know. If they act a little different. If they just say it a little different and look a little more spiritual when they say it, that you'll stop the message. So instead of saying to you, uh, uh, Pastor, the Lord said, hallelujah, that he want to use, you know. They figure you ain't going to do They come real spooky. Their eyes get stretched. <laughs> and they walk like a robot. The Lord is saying, change Bible class to Tuesday. <laughs> you got to watch that. Because people will use this prophecy out of order. All right. Having you men giving up the authority of the church. I understand one time, Sister Kyle told me something that the Lord had told her, and I knew it was the Lord because the Lord had told me too. And I told her, even though she told me, it was a women's convention. She said, you know, the Lord told me to tell you to speak, and, and not me. I said, you heard from the Lord, but you were out of order. She said, yeah, I said, yeah, because everything God tells you ain't for you to tell me. He was telling you that for you. And, and if he starts using you like that to tell me stuff, what's going to end up happening? You're going to start using prophecy to run the church. God, how God going to tell me to pass and tell you to tell me when to preach? She didn't get mad. She went back and I took her through the scripture because everything God showed you ain't for you to say. That's why your sisters have to learn sometime. It ain't for you to say. Sometime it ain't for you to say. It's for you to pray. Now, I'm going to talk a little bit this morning because this is, this is what the Lord put in my spirit. See, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and 14, 14, 14, uh, and, and verse number 34, 14 and 34. He asked a question, all right? 14, 34, uh-huh. Let your woman keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to speak, but they are commanded to be under obedience. As also saith the law, and if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home. For it is a shame for a woman to speak. It is a shame for women to speak in the church. Verse 36. What? What? This is the question Paul asks. What? Came the word of God out from you? Did the word come out from you? 
Or came it unto you? Or did it come to you only? Did God want you to speak this word out? Or did God just want you to hold this word that you have and to know it so that you won't be trying? Because some of you all sisters are running the church through prophecy. And if your wife is telling you that the Lord is saying for you to get, put people in position, that's a Jezebel spirit. I got a message. I thought the Lord was going to let me preach it this morning, but he didn't let me. It's called Mama Shark. Mama Shark. You know, they got Baby Shark, Papa Shark, Daddy Shark. We got some Mama Sharks. They killing fish in it, but I won't go over that. Mama Shark is a whole different message. But, 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 but you got to be careful because you, even though you're good men and, you're, and, and we're looking for the devil to come and, and you wouldn't dare let no woman stand up in the church with authority and tell you how to pastor. And if she did it, you sit her down. But when she tells you, I have a dream, or she put a few secret messiahs, and he coming on a Honda, and, and I saw him on the chandelier, and put that in first, and then say, the Lord said, then you all are going by that. No way, buddy. You're not going to pass me through no prophecy. But I had a dream. My Luther the King had one, too. They killed him, and I had said... Joseph had one but your dream don't run the church I get my direction from God and why is God going to come in the same house with me and I'm the pastor stop by there on my wife while she's sleeping and then going to leave me over there laying down asleep and because we respect the spirit of God and we're sensitive to the spirit of God we fall into that I knew that Sister Coward had received this message from the Lord and I knew that it was him, but she didn't operate it right. She brought that message to me instead of bringing that message to God. I'm not saying that a woman can't share certain things with men, but information is given as suggestion and shared, not as demands. Because even when you're under the spirit of God, it doesn't move your womanhood. It doesn't come in demanding matters. So if the spirit of God is on you and you're coming to me, tomorrow, go, 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 sit down. And you're telling me as the pastor, I'm going to turn around and say, you sit. Because although you have a message, your flesh doesn't line up with your message. And you got to bring that into suggestion and bring that into order. You see, that's why the Bible said, let everything be done decently even though watch 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 i'll show you this that's why in verse 14 he says even though it's a spirit let it be done decently and in order so even though it is god don't just learn the prophecy learn the decency in the order of the prophecy now let me give you this y'all with me i know that when you think when you're under the spirit you're real deep and you're real heavy and it's on you and can't nobody tell you what to do when it's on you. But I'm going to show you in the Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 27, that the spirit, when it operates in the church, respects the administration. It is under the administration. Even though if you're in the spirit of church, it, is, it, is, it respects the administration that's going on in church. So if the music is playing, and the preacher said, stop with the music. Don't act like it's all on your hand and you can't do nothing with it. 
stop. And I like it's so strong. Like something taking over your hand. You about to tie it up. It's subject. It's in an administration. Watch it. Read. Uh-huh. If any man speak in an unknown tongue, uh-huh. let it be by two or at the most by three. Let it be by two or at the most by three. Now, Paul is telling these folk how many people in a service is speaking in tongues. He's giving them some orders. It doesn't mean that they don't have the Holy Ghost, but the Holy Ghost is subject to that individual that he has. All right, all right, I'll show you this. I'll show you this. Some of y'all doing crazy stuff in the church and all this crazy stuff y'all doing that making people scared to go to church because y'all doing crazy stuff. Now, in a, in a, now let me say this. Y'all, y'all got to give me a few minutes now. Let me say this. I want y'all to get this. First of all, there should be no problem with us speaking in tongues, and we don't have to hush when it comes down to speaking because all of us understand tongues, and tongues is understood now. But some of your services have to be conditioned for people who don't understand what's going on. And you all think that it's the spirit. Now, yes, when there are certain people who are in the church that don't understand the move of God, there are certain things that you do have. All, all right, y'all act like I said something funny. Give me First Corinthians. Chapter 14, 14th chapter, and 22. Get it, you see? Because, see, I don't want you getting, uh, you know, because, see, we're trying to save folk, but if we're doing stuff that people don't understand and trying to get them saved, well, is Sister McDuffie here? Sister McDuffie here? Sister Callum McDuffie here? Mm-hmm. God was using her. Where's she at? She's in the left. Where you at, Sister McDuffie? Stand on your feet. Where's she at? Sister McDuffie? Have I missed her? All right, Sister McDuffie. One time when they first came to the temple, Sister McDuffie was being used by the Lord speaking in tongues. And there was a prophet, and I know the prophecy came from God. She said, I am God. Now, there was somebody that came in the church that didn't understand prophecy. Now, if you've been to a church, you ain't never been in no church before. This is the first time you bust in the apostolic church. You open the door because it was at the old church. And the first thing the door opened up, she said, I am God. I saw the look on the person's face that came in. The family had a hard time getting them there anyway. Now, you imagine your first time coming to the church. You ain't never been to no apostolic church. Your family been fighting you for two years to get in, and you open the door. The first thing you see is a sister say, I'm God, and fall out. I'm God, I'm God. Boom. She was prophesying. And I saw the lady looking. So I had to make, you, you can be seated. I had to make a decision. I had to come up when she got through and explain what was going on. I was in, when I first came to Bible way, we had a revival, and we had about 77 folk got baptized in Jesus' name. And people was receiving the Holy Ghost by laying on hand just like that. So I laid on the lady. The lady had never been in an apostolic church, never been in a Pentecostal church, anything like it. She was, she was a Methodist, AME all her life. Trust us, grandmother or something like that, whatever she was. I prayed for them. People just falling out. Look at everybody was falling out, falling out, falling out. I got to her, and I hit her, and she didn't fall out. She was older. And she said, could you help me down, son? <laughs> she didn't understand what was going on because she thought, you know, they were just laying down. I didn't have time to explain. I said, yes, ma'am. It was people, it was people in line. Was, I, I didn't have time. I said, yes, ma'am, I'll help you down. I helped her down. She looked at me and said, thank you. <laughs> but there are things that people don't understand. Look what happens. Read. Uh-huh. Tongues are for a sign, not to them that believe, 
But to them that are that believe not, uh-huh. but prophesying serveth not for them that believe not, uh-huh. but for them which believe. Read. If therefore the whole church become, if therefore the whole church become together in one place, together in one place, and all speak with tongues, uh-huh. and there come in those uh-huh. that are unlearned. See, remember, you got people that are coming in that are unlearned or unbelievers. Unbelievers. Will they not say that? Will they, they not say that, that you are mad? This has nothing to do with hindering the spirit. This happened to do with we're trying to reach folk and you, even your spirituality can mess up and people miss it in your intent to be spiritual. Because if I got somebody that don't understand the move of God that's coming in, it is order for us, it is important for us to have order. I'm going to share some other things with you. You all, if you say your church started at a certain time, start on time. Church signs say 11 o'clock. Y'all starting church at 12.30. And then when you start church, y'all first ladies, I know we got a lot of babies in church. Church of God the Bible way, if it if, 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 if wasn't for Church of God the Bible way, we would call it Church of God the Baby way. We had a lot of babies. <laughs> but y'all first ladies, stop your children from running all around the church while church going on. Babies running everywhere, people eating devotion, the baby done got into communion, bread and bread, eating bread, him and, him and your baby out there eating bread and smearing, praying oil all over the floor. Sit your children down. Well, you say, I got a whole lot of babies, they ain't got no help. If you stop being so funny about them, let some of them mothers help you have some help. Don't have no relationship with the people acting funny, halfway funny, and your kids, stop them kids from running all over the church. Church going on, you can't even hear the preacher because your child running over doing cock flips and stuff. Sit them down, show them how to act in church. And I don't care if your church is small, don't treat your church like it's no daycare. Everything must be done decently, in an order. Get some control. My children, they knew how to act in church. Now, I know y'all don't just, just, just hold holding, but they knew how to. You can't, if you want God to fill that place, ain't nobody coming in that place and your children are cutting up and showing out y'all don't have no structure. Anybody saying anything, just anything, just go, everything going anyway. Church going wild, just everything going right. Man, have some order. Have a devotion time. Have a prayer time. Have some structure. You got because that's, that's what brings God. Order. God don't come in no disorderly place. Got to have some structure. Amen. Get some order with the money. Church start going, get somebody to help hold that money. Don't be holding God's money in a paper bag somewhere. And y'all around there after church, y'all go and count the money and go get something to eat. People done saying y'all raise the money down. Y'all going down there. Did we raise enough for shrimp dinner? No. <laughs> you can't operate no church like that. There's order. There's structure. That order and structure will attract the spirit of God. Sometimes God ain't going to no places because there's no order. When God got ready to move for Elijah, he had to set the wood in order in order for God to move. Can you put your hand together and give God praises and say hallelujah? And that's what the administration of the fivefold ministry of the church is for, to set order and to bring order in chaotic conditions. So remember, I want you to get me quickly now. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 12. Remember, it is important that we have administration in the church. Because administration helps bring us to that place that the Spirit of God can be functional in the right place. Let me say this. Uh, there's a, the di- only difference between a flood in your house and water is a, you got a faucet. 
All that water that's in the uh, in, in everywhere could mess your house up, but there's a faucet that knows how to turn it off, that knows how to turn it on. It gives direction. Those funnels give direction. And the pastor is the one that governs how the spirit of God is going to, so it can come into church and be affected. Now, you can go in your house because there's some knobs and cut it on and take a shower and don't mess up the whole house because there's some knobs. You can go in there and cook because there's a knob. If there are no knobs in the church and pastors, you must be pastors. You must be knobs. You must be, you can't be so timid and easy and soft that you don't allow the church to function. That, a, a pastor, you need two faucets and some of you all only have one. I went to the restroom the other day and one of the, one of the faucets were broke, you know, and I cut it on. I don't know if you ever went to own the hot water come out. You can't wash your hand totally like you want with hot water. And you can't wash. But a preacher needs a, a, a hot water spigot and he needs a cold water spigot. So he can, he, can, he can have a medium. Some of y'all ain't nothing but hot. Every message you got, you just fuss, you mean. I'm going to talk this morning. I talked the other day. You sound like y'all running a boot camp rather than a church. Members scared of you and they walking up two, three, four. You don't pass to no church like that. Don't pass to no church like that. You got to have some hot, and you got to have some cold. You got to have some balance. Some of you have absolutely no balance at all. Everybody's scared of you. I don't want folks scared of me. I can't deal with them. And you know, we got a lot of men, I want you all to get this. A lot of you brothers, see, we don't have the typical pastor that came out of theological school. Some of y'all came out of prison. And y'all want to bring that same mentality in church. You are pastoring. Not, you, are, you are not a warden. You're not a guard. You are a pastor. And you can't beat God's people. You can use that pulpit to beat them and beat them and beat them and beat them and kill them. You got to have some balance. You got to have some soft. Y'all ain't saying nothing. We're not trying to raise no sissy men. We're trying to raise some men that can think. I'm talking heavy. But it's the truth. You don't want no dumb wife. Don't act like you know everything. Your wife can help you. You don't want no dumb wife. And it ain't a wife trying to take over because she's trying to give you some advice. Some of y'all like to know everything. You even think you know more about being a woman than she does. <laughs> trying to tell her how to do a hair. Trying to tell her uh, uh, what, kind of, what kind of this to buy. What kind, you don't know nothing about being a woman. You're barely a man. Stop now. I'm going to talk now. Stop. Stop acting like somebody's trying to take y'all. Some of y'all have, you have insecurities. Stop acting like somebody's trying to take y'all. Y'all done heard this. I'm the boss. I'm the man. Let me tell you. I listen to these women. I hear these women. I hear what they have to say. Stop being so bossy. See, you thought y'all were going to get something else. But this is the truth. I mean, you young men, you don't have to prove to nobody you're the head. You prove that with a smiling, happy wife. You don't have to prove that by trying to get in front of the church and embarrass her. It's okay to be gentle. Y'all ain't saying nothing. It's okay to be gentle, to handle her fragilely. And see, I, I'm wondering about how you're going to handle the church. And one of the things we look for when it comes down to men that can handle the church is how they handle their wives. Because if you can't be gentle and understanding with a wife, you'll never be able to be gentle and understanding with 20 people in the church. I 
pastor women in here and I have to know how to interact with those women. How to keep those balances, how to hear. Some of you men have problems with women. You just have problems with women. Some of you young men ain't even married and y'all trying to tell people you ain't married to what to do. Don't y'all marry none of these Hitlers and Sodom Husseins. Y'all got the wrong concept. You don't want a wife, you want a dog. You want something you can tell, sit and roll over and bark. That's not why you get married, so you can tell somebody what to do. Let me tell you what to do. Go get a job. Can I tell you something? Let, let me tell you what, what a real man does. If, if, you have to, if you have to force her to do it and have to be mean to do it and nasty to do it. Now, some of you women, you know, I'm coming to your side. Because some of y'all are Jezebels and, and Isabels and other kind of bells, Tinkerbells. I will come to you later. Because some of you, 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 have to, you have to almost be tough because some of y'all got that dominant spirit. But man, what makes a man is when you're so good to her. And you love her so much until she want to do it. Even if she don't like doing it, she's doing it because you're just so good to her. I... See, God, it didn't say so for God so beat the world. It didn't say for God so hate the world. Or for God so bossy to the world. That he, God so loved the world. And, and you know, he loved me so much. I'm, I'm so disappointed when I don't do what he want me to do until I find myself on the altar. Say, Lord, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean, if you love her good enough, you ain't got to say nothing. She'll come to you and say, baby, I'm so sorry the roast burning. I was so busy looking on the phone. But sweetheart, I'll cook it again. But you're so mean, that can't come out. Boy, y'all getting quiet here. You need somebody to help give you structure of how to be a man, how to be a husband. Y'all with me? Please, brothers, don't look at these bigoted men and bring that concept in your house. It's just a show. That wife just don't want to show out in front of the board of bishops. He does not run things. And you all get those. And then some of you all, you're trying to be like me. I, I heard apostle say he told Sister Coward, cool it. And she cooled it, you know. And, and, and then you say, oh, my want a submissive wife just like that. Negro, you don't make no submissive money. sitting down there want all this power and won't do nothing. You home while she going to work. You sitting up there. You home. You, you home watching the children and watching and she out there laboring. And you still want her to come home and cook. And let me tell you, if you're a house man <laughs> you're a house man and your wife out there working, you need to have dinner done. I 
Uh, Pastor, I'm a man. If you're a man, you wouldn't be home when she get there. So since you're going to act like a woman, you might as well cook. Amen. You might as well get the bath water ready. You see, you want all of these titles and all this power and all this position, but you don't want to do nothing to get it. Amen. You see, if you, if you do good enough and you do well and you do a good job and you take care of things, amen, and work and labor, amen, labor, it shows that you're willing to do the same thing in the church. Stop being so mean. Stop. Some of y'all marriages are messed up now because you don't have, there are some men who have to be a certain way with a certain woman, but you don't have to be that. Some of you all got women that are submissive and you're trying to push that out. Amen. And trying to prove that you don't have to sit around with the elder. If you want to prove something and show something, stop letting your wife be around here with five children, one on each side in a stroller and you sitting around there in somebody's face saying, the Lord bless you and your wife around here struggle with children. It's nothing wrong with y'all helping your wife with these babies. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Can I get a hallelujah? hallelujah. Amen. That's a whole nother topic, but I, I, I'm, I'm talking about order. Amen. Look, look at somebody say, order in the church. So sometimes you need somebody to coach that anointing in you. The coaching. Samuel. Hallelujah. Had an anointing in him, but Eli had to show him how to get that anointing functioning in him. Sometimes you can have something and be so immature with it, you don't know how to use it. You know, I had a gift, but I didn't really know how to do it, use it. There was a lot of things that God had given me, and I didn't understand the functionality of it. And I thank God for people that helped me understand how to operate in my gift. You know, because a lot of times when I would preach and when I would minister, some of the things that I would preach would be so above my age. And I didn't know how to present those things in a proper way. And I had to have somebody that would help me and give me some function and give me some direction. Don't get proud with your gifts. Don't get proud with your messages. Don't get proud with what God does with you. Can you say hallelujah? Put your hand together and give God praises. So let me go quickly and talk about these gifts of the spirit real quick. First Corinthians 12 and 1. Read. Spiritual gifts, brother. All right. Go down to verse uh, number uh, 7. Uh-huh. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Uh -huh. For to one is given by the spirit the word of wisdom. Uh -huh. To another the word of knowledge. Now you don't have to always go out public and tell me when God give you a word. You don't have to always go out public. Because sometimes people are trying to do things so that they can be seen and show that they are prophets. So they really want to show it and they want to tell everybody that they did it. I told overseer. I told him. I told him that it was coming. I told him that Friday at 7 o'clock. You know, I told him. Or they wait till the middle of the service. Now, they can go over, they can go right over to Overseer William and say, Overseer William, the Lord share, said, but they want, they want to be a grandstanding prophet. So that same thing they could have told you that was in the ear in the middle of devotion, they want to fall out. And you can come right over there and you, you can come over and tell me right behind the scene, you can tell me, say, Overseer, God said he's going to bless you with a car, a word of wisdom, okay? But instead of going out there, they're going, oh, uh -oh. oh, 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 o
you take up five minutes of service trying to say car. And then right after the spirit will say, what are the keys to my car? Now there are those times that the spirit of God get on you and there is that, that, that where God is trying to bring some message to the spirit. And you're struggling. Because there's times that God has told me things that I struggle with telling people. There's a fight within my spirit. I never forget, I went to tell somebody that the Lord said their pride had come up to him and it was stink. And Lord, that was a friend of mine. And boy, God was telling me to say it and I was, didn't want to say it. You know, when I was coming up in the church, the Lord, sometimes people, the Lord used to, and now y'all, maybe y'all ain't never seen him, they used to say he was whipping them in the spirit. Yeah. <laughs> that, actually, that actually would happen. God tells somebody to do something, they wouldn't do what God had told them to do. Boy, they get down there like I was beating them. Yeah. And I felt that, I felt that, that, that struggle and that resentment because I didn't want to say it. So there's time that we struggle with the spirit and saying certain things that God has said. There are people that I know that have came to me, they've come in such a, a hum way. Pastor, I want to share with some that the Lord is speaking. Out of respect, they didn't want to overbound themselves. But then there are some people who just want to grandstand. And you're going to tell what kind of spirit people got when you tell them no. I had a sister used to get up, she wanted to prophesy all the time, and, and the stuff they were saying, half of them wasn't even true. And the other half, I found out, they'd be done find out what somebody done said and heard and say something. People be listening to your prayers trying to prophesy. You think they done fell out there over there in your prayer, eavesdropping between you and God, and get up and, and prophesy. So I stopped them from prophesying. Some of y'all were there, I stopped them. They went right in the back of the church. When I didn't give them a flow to prophesy, I stopped them from prophesying openly because I, I felt like they was disorderly. They would take up all that time, so I stopped them from prophesying openly. And when I stopped, they went in the back of the church, and I would be praying for people to have their own line in the back, prophesying in the back. I said, hey, y'all shut that other line down back there. And then when that didn't work, the spirit would get high, and they crawl around the church like a dog. Until one day they were crawling like a dog, and I came to dog catch. I stood right in front of them. So listen, there's the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge. A word is usually individual. And there are women of God in here that have that given, men of God that have a, a word that you can give directly as a direct word. A word of wisdom tells me, a word of knowledge tells me what I didn't know or something's going to happen. And a word of wisdom tells me how to handle it. For instance, a word of knowledge may tell me, hey, I want to let you know that your car has a flat tire. A word of wisdom saying, hey, but I, I, I see that there is a, 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 a discount auto over there and you can get it. So a word of wisdom tell me what's wrong. A word of knowledge may tell me what's wrong, but a word of wisdom tell me how to fix what's wrong. Are you with me? Yeah. All right, keep reading. Uh-huh. For to one is given by the spirit the word of wisdom. Uh -huh. To another the word of knowledge uh -huh. by the same spirit. All right, go down to verse number, I want the gifts of healing. The gifts of healing. Uh, where we at? Go down some more. Verse 9. Uh -huh. To another faith by the same spirit. Uh -huh. To another the gifts of healing. All right, gifts of healing. No, no, wait a minute. The gifts of healing. But then all of us have one aspect of healing. For he said, they shall lay hands on the sick. And they shall recover. There's a gifts of healing and there's something that comes with. These signs shall follow all them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devil. They shall lay hands on the sick. But there's that gift of healing that is different than just healing. It's a gift that God gives an individual. Then there are gifts and signs that God gives particularly to the apostles. Go to the book of Acts chapter 19 and 11. These are special miracles. 
These are special, these are different miracles. Acts 19 and 11. Amen. Acts 19 and 11. And God wrought special miracles uh-huh. by the hands of Paul. I've seen some of these special miracles that happened. He gave special miracles. And these are miracles for signs. They are to show the signs of an apostle. Second Corinthians chapter 12 and 12. One of those special miracles. These are miracles that God just formed on the site. They're different. I remember one of those special miracles. I was sitting there and there was a young lady there and her car had, the battery died. The battery died. Some of y'all was out there and the battery died. She couldn't get the car crunk up and they were just trying to crank it and crank it and that special miracle came on me and the Holy Ghost told me to go and charge her battery. Amen. Who was that? Who was that? Who was that? Was that Deborah? Who was that? Was that was the Deborah. The Holy Ghost told me to go and charge the battery and the car was out. And the Holy Ghost said, he said, charge the battery. And he said, put one hand on one side and one on the other. And I obeyed the Holy Ghost, put one on one side and one on the other. I said, go and crank it up. Turn the car on, the car crank went up. That was a special miracle. That was a special miracle. And God does these special miracles because a lot of times he does that because there are many times that people do not believe in the power of God. Do not believe, and, and, and so now he needs to give you a stronger sign so that people can believe the message when it comes. Amen. All right, give me 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and 12. All right, read that. Truly the signs of an apostle uh, the signs of an apostle were wrought among you were wrought among you in all patience. These are signs that are associated just with the apostles. But then there are gifts and anointing that the apostles can lay hands on people and the gifts in them are activated. And that's what I want to talk about today. There are gifts that are activated in people and that can be transferred in the people. And when you go back home today, there is something that God want to do for you differently. We didn't come to this meeting just to shout and get healed, but there's an impartation. There is impartation an apostolic impartation that comes uh, with administration and operation. That means now God says, hey, now you all saw this yesterday uh, as the bishops are examining those who are to be ordained or licensed. You see, in the Bible, the deacons, uh, the, the brethren and the bishops, they checked the people out and whoever... They brought before the apostles. The apostles laid hands on them and imparted the gift. Now, we did, this, we did this this year like we've never done before. Because what happens is God tries to show order. So if you now know that you respect that order that's brought before you, they approve you for the next level. The next level of your anointing sometimes is proved not only just by the bishops, but also by the brethren. There are some offices that God don't give you and he don't select. There are certain offices that people in the church select. And the apostles will distribute the anointing on the people that the church select because you have harmony with people. And so many of you all, what, what we're doing, we're, a lot of times we're choosing people out of the church who we don't have the relationship with, but your deacons and your brother and certain other responsibilities, those people ought to be chosen out of the church and brought to the apostles. Give me the book of Acts chapter 6 and 1. Because see, the problem is, is you're going to be working with brethren. And some of y'all work good with pastors, but you don't work good with brethren. And if I knew in order to get promoted in the church, I have to have a good relationship with brothers, it'd keep me more connected with the brethren. Amen. 
Look at the book of Acts 6 and 1. Read. And in those days, uh -huh. when the number of the disciples was multiplied, uh -huh. there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews uh -huh. because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Uh -huh. Then the twelve called the multitude. The twelve called the multitude of the disciples of unto the them. Disciples of them and, said, and said, it is not reason. It is not reason that we should leave the word of God uh -huh. and serve table. Uh-huh. Wherefore, brethren, Rebel brethren, look ye out among look you. you out among you. Seven men. And I want y'all to choose the men. Why want you to choose the men? Because I know that if you choose some men, these are men that know how to work with you. Yeah. See, a lot of times, the pastors are promoting people. And the people that we're promoting are the people that have good relationship with us. But I have found out there are some people who are good to us, but are mean to others. Some of y'all will bring the pastors cornbread, you'll bring them neck bones, and collard green and pound cake and won't even speak to the person next to you. So God says, there is a level that I'm going to let you go up that it comes from the brotherhood. And the brothers are going to choose who's going to work in these offices. All right, read what it says, uh-huh. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men uh -huh. of honest report, yes. full of the Holy Ghost uh -huh. and wisdom, uh -huh. whom we may appoint over this business. Uh -huh. But we would give ourselves continually to prayer uh -huh. and to the ministry of the word. Uh -huh. And the same pleased the whole multitude. Watch this. And they chose Stephen. And they chose Stephen. There is, we're so used to the choosing that comes from above, from God, from the apostles from the bishops that we don't know about the choosing that comes from below that comes from the brethren and the brethren says come in if you will Ella Davis and, 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 and Ella Wilson and, and Ella Singleton take Ella Wilson and bring him get one get on one side and get on the other uh -huh. one get on one side of him uh -huh. Uh -huh. and bring Wilson to me see this is how that works these brothers say hey now notice that these two guys, they don't come into the understanding that we don't have what he, what he has. We want you to anoint him. Put it on him. Don't have to worry about us. We found that this man is a good man. Anoint him. That's the kind of relationship that God wants in the church. Look out, brethren. Find you what, read. And come they on. chose Stephen. And they chose Stephen. A man full of if faith. Are there any men in this church are any women in this church that have a relationship that's good enough that people can select you for an office? And then are there any of you that can recognize that there are people around you that got something that you don't have and know that I'm not, I, I'm not where that's supposed to be, but she has it. And until the church gets to that point, there are some anointings that's not going to fall on the brethren. But we need somebody who recognizes there's somebody in this flow that's got something that I don't have. I say, hey, Bishop, she'll make a good person for this. Or they'll make a good person for that. The problem is our pride and, error and ego won't let us recommend other people. Look what it says. Read it. Uh-huh. A man full of faith uh -huh. and of the Holy Ghost. Yes. And Philip. And Philip. And Prochorus. Yes. And Nicanor. Yes. And Timon. Uh -huh. And Parmenius. Yes. And Nicholas. Yes. A proselyte of Antioch. Yes. Whom they set before the whom apostles. Whom they set before the apostles. Whom they set before the apostles. So they chose them and brought them before the apostles. Yes. I hope there's somebody here today because I want to lay hands on somebody. And I hope there's somebody today. 
that the brethren can recommend. I hope there's a sister here today that can be recommended to say, Apostle, lay hands on this sister. She's got a gift. Lay hands on this brother. They got a gift. They laid them before the apostles. Uh-huh, read. And when they had prayed. And when they had prayed. They laid their hands on I them. I believe in this type of laying hands. And not just sickness, not just diseases, but when they prayed, they laid their hands on them. Uh-huh. And the word of God. And the word of God. Uh-huh. Increase. Increase. And the number of the disciples. My God, when they laid hands on them, the word of God increased. All right, get me quickly. Acts chapter 13 and 3. Hey, man, Acts 13 and 3. All right, read. And when they had fasted. When they had fasted. And prayed. And prayed. And laid their hands on them. And laid their hands on them. They sent them away. Uh-huh. So they. When, be- when they had fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. Uh-huh. So they being sent forth by the Holy Ghost. All right. Now look at this. Look at this. Go back to 13. Go to 13. Get 13 and 1. Uh-huh. Now there were in the church that was at Antioch uh-huh. certain prophets. Certain prophets. And teachers. We need some prophets. Prophets and teachers. Uh-huh. As Barnabas. Yes. And Simeon. Uh-huh. That was called Niger. Yes. And Lucius of Serene. Yes. And Manian. Uh-huh. Which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch. Uh-huh. And Saul. Yes. As they ministered to the Lord. Uh-huh. And fasted. Uh-huh. The Holy Ghost said. The Holy Ghost said. As they were fasting and praying, the Holy Ghost started talking. Uh huh. Separate me. Separate me. Barnabas and Saul. Uh huh. For the work whereunto yes. I have called them. Yes. And when they had fasted, when they and, fasted and prayed and prayed and laid their hands and on laid them, their hands on them, they sent them they away. They sent them away. Here is Acts six. They laid hands. Here's Acts chapter 13. They laid hands and sent them away because after the laying on of hands, something was imparted in these men that were different than they were before hands was laid. Can you say hallelujah? Get me quickly. Hallelujah. The book of Romans chapter 1 and 11. Romans 1 and 11. Quickly, Romans 1 and 11. Uh Uh-huh. For I long to see you. I long to see you. That I may impart. That I may impart unto you. Some spiritual gifts. Some spiritual gifts. To the end ye may be established. To the end you may be established. I want to impart unto you some spiritual gift. Somebody lift your hands and say, Lord, there's going to be an impartation today. There's going to be an impartation today. My God, tell somebody I'm not leaving empty. God is going to impart something in me today. Give God praises and give him glory. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Many of you all don't understand. You can, you can operate almost like a remote control car that has all the ability, ability to run, but it has no battery. It is the battery that sets that car where it can operate. God can have put something in you before the foundation of the earth and put a gift in you before the foundation of the earth. But you need to have the right connection or the right anointing to activate that. The Bible said that uh, for, uh, for Samson, he shook himself. And when he shook himself, the spirit of God came upon him. For David, hallelujah, when he danced, the spirit of God came upon him. I'm telling you today, the spirit of God is coming in this church, not for jumping and not just for shouting, but God is going to stir something up in you. My God and God is going to use you in a way that you have never been used before. Some of you know that God has a call on you, but you've never been able to operate in it. I promise you, when you leave this meeting, when you leave this assembly, when you go back home, you will not preach the same. You will not teach the same. Something is going to wake up in you today. If you can give God praises and say hallelujah. 
Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, we thank God. We thank God for books. And I appreciate the fact that many of you ministers, hallelujah, went last night. You got tested and you, you did all of that. And yes, we're reading books and doing all these to approve what we know. But I tell you, there's another thing that you have to have. You have to have the anointing. I don't care how many licenses you get. I don't care how many books you get. I don't care about all that stuff you got. If you don't have no anointing, you just dry. Amen. But you need something to wake you up in the day. Yes, you went and you've got your license and you've got this. But now, God, I need you to anoint me. Hallelujah. I need the presence of God on my life. I need the power of God on my life. I don't want to preach empty no more. I don't want to speak empty no more. I want you to meet me. I want you to show up. I want you to come in the church. I want you to come in the sanctuary. Don't let my words be the same word. How many want to feel that this morning? Give the Lord a praise and say hallelujah. Grab somebody by the hand and tell them I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how deep you are. It is the anointing that destroys the yoke. It's the presence of God that destroys the yoke. It's the power of God that destroys the yoke. Somebody say hallelujah. And church, the men of the Bible were gifted with signs and wonders. They was gifted by God. People, hallelujah, that were lame were walking. People that was blind, their eyes were being opened. Deaf ears were being opened. It's time out, hallelujah, for just the same old, same old. If we only have good preaching and good singing, amen, hallelujah, Baptist folk have good preaching and good singing. Amen. Methodist folk have good preaching and good singing. Amen. Yeah, they have, but my God, I want to be different. And if we're going to make apostolic great again, we've got to see signs and wonders and miracles perform. Can you put your hand together and give God a praise and say hallelujah? I tell you the truth, saints, the only reason you got all these hundreds of people who are gathered here today in a time when there's a crisis, in a time that coronavirus is spreading everywhere, amen, in a time that even some of you all have been affected, amen, by this disease that have went out. Even there are people that have come to this church that have been affected. The only reason I will put myself in risk and coming in an environment like this is that I believe in the supernatural. I believe that God is a healer. Hey, glory to God. And the apostolic church must not just be talk. It must not just people who say God is power and God is this. It must be people that really believe that God's power still works. God's power still heals. God's power still brings people out. And if we're going to be great again, let's not reduce ourselves because of fear and having virtual services. Y'all ain't saying nothing. My God, if you don't have that faith, fine. But my God, hallelujah, he wasn't a virtual God. He showed up. My God, he came down. My God, he dwelt among us. And I tell you, saints of God, amen, if we in this time can become that church that heals, become that church that casts out devils, become that church that believes in signs and wonders, why everybody else is shutting down, God is going to use us in a time like this to prove that his power is real. My God, somebody say hallelujah. My God, grab somebody by the hand and tell them this is our finest hour. My God, tell them this is our finest hour. My God, don't you know church? Saints of God, hallelujah. We've come here today and many of you have come and, and while you've come, the devil has been messing with your mind and, and people all on Facebook and I said, you wear your mask and the devil is in some of your mind said, what are we going to do after this? You don't get stretchy and you got all this kind of thing. Listen, hallelujah. This is a supernatural church and I believe there's enough Holy Ghost in here that Corona and whatever else is here. The blood has it covered. 
I'm not leaving it with any doubt. I'm not leaving it with any fear. I came in it healed and I'm leaving out healed. I came in here recovered and I'm leaving out recovered. Oh, somebody ought to say hallelujah. Somebody ought to say hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. I know that there are preachers that are in this church who feel sometimes insecure and don't feel that you, you, you have all of that. And I know because a lot of you, hallelujah, you'll have to understand as much schooling as we get, as much Bible as we give you, there are some of you that have reached the age educational-wise that you just ain't going to get some things because you're so far gone. It's very difficult. It's very hard. And some of you feel intimidated because you don't have that. But let me tell you something. God can use an ignorant preacher. My God, let me tell you something. God can use a preacher that don't know how to talk. And when God went to Moses, Moses said, God, I can't speak. I don't know how to speak. And I'll tell you, I thank God for you and I appreciate you. And we thank God for all of our licensing committees and, and those things are necessary. And we have to have those because we want to make sure that you know something. But I don't want you at all to feel that God can't use you because you can't pass a test. I don't want you to feel like God God can't use you because because let me tell you something my God Moses didn't have no license but he had a rod my God hallelujah hallelujah somebody and what I'm telling you today you need the anointing of God and Paul said when I came my words weren't with enticing words of men's wisdom but it was in demonstration of the Holy Ghost and I come to tell you when you leave here tonight you got a rod in your hand my God when you leave here tonight your words won't be the same my God somebody say hallelujah Put your hand together and give God a praise. I said, thank you. Can the church give God praises? Can the church give God thanks? On this last, hallelujah, morning service of this meeting, God told me to tell you, you're not just some preacher who's standing in the pulpit with a bunch of words, but God said you have been in when God give you a ministry you have been empowered when I laid hands on you when you got ordained or when I laid hands on you and such from the church something was deposited in your spirit it wasn't just an empty hand on a head something went in your spirit I know you're discouraged sometimes I know you feel like giving up but something went in your spirit and today I'm here to stir it back up my God somebody say hallelujah Somebody say hallelujah. Grab a hold of somebody and say it's in you. You just need to stand up. I want to tell you everybody in this building that have the Holy Ghost. You feel down. You feel wounded. You feel discouraged. You've been coming to church from Sunday to Sunday and feel like nothing was happening. Some of y'all barely feel like coming. Sitting in the back of the church. Can't feel connected. Listen honey you're not backslidden. All you need is that gift stirred up. And today the Holy Ghost is here to stir up that gift in you hallelujah put your hand together and give God a praise and say hallelujah say hallelujah I tell you today while I'm preaching something is happening in you I'm telling you while I'm preaching that joy is bubbling back in you I'm telling you while I'm preaching go back and sit on that praying women board while I'm preaching get back in there and join the choir pick up that microphone and start leading devotion again preachers start preaching again the gift is being stirred up somebody say hallelujah hallelujah Tell somebody it's India and it's alive. It's India. Hallelujah. And something is about to happen. Before you get out of this place, your joy is coming.